Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right, what is up, y'all? I am, uh, I'm going to solo this one because it's, Frankly, it's a really busy week, and we just recorded an amazing episode with Magda K that's going to come out next week. So I am going to run the follow-up episode from last week for y'all. Now, if you guys listened last week, you learned a lot about something called nutritive mismatch. And what nutritive mismatch is, is when the nutrition in the food that you're eating does not equally match what your mouth is tasting and what your body thinks it should be digesting. So kind of a a highlight from that is if you are having artificial sweeteners or artificial fats, we focused a lot on artificial sweeteners because they're a lot more prevalent than artificial fats. And we actually know the names of a lot of them. You've got aspartame, sucralose, um, stevia, xylitol, you've got a ton of these different artificial sweeteners, 
when you are consuming the artificial sweeteners, your mouth is tasting a certain level of sweet and it is telling your brain, this is how many approximate, you know, sweet calories we have coming in. Your brain is telling your digestive system, hey, you need to ramp up all your production of all your chemicals to process all of these carbohydrates or fats, if we're talking about fats. <clears throat> and after repeatedly not trusting the taste that the mouth is getting, the digestive system seems to basically throw its hands up in the air and just shut down. And we see things like um, the, the the glucose that is coming in in a in a food that is consumed that does not match the flavor profile or the sweetness profile, um, not only not getting burned, but actually just sitting in the bloodstream. And we focused on all this stuff last week. Now, that was what we would call macronutritive um, mismatch, right? Because it's, it's the macronutrients. Now, this week, I would like to dive deeper into the second half of this book, Ending of Craving, or End, End Craving. And in the second part of the book, it digs deeper into the actual micronutrients. So the, the vitamins that are in our food. And we start out and we need to think about how truly intelligent our body, our mind, our digestive system, our taste truly is. Because when we find things throughout history... And we start to actually dissect, right? How did we figure out how to eat this specific food? How did we figure out that, you know, if you are living in the mountains and you can only get potatoes at certain times of the year, if you eat those potatoes with coal, you know, uncooked with vinegar in a potato salad, it keeps the vitamins specifically the vitamins that you would be low on by living in a, in a mountain town in the middle of the, you know, Western United States, it keeps those nutrients much higher than if you cook those potatoes. Well, that nobody sat down. There was no scientist in the middle of Colorado that was like, we need to figure out how to keep the nutrients in this food higher. Or when ships coming across with, with, with men that were, starting to bleed from their gums and their teeth were falling out and their bodies were pale and emaciated and they had a vitamin C deficiency. A lot of everybody, everybody knows it as scurvy, but scurvy is basically just your body is so low on vitamin C that your, your body starts to fall apart and it can kill you. Well, what happened? When some of these boats started to land, these people would use the last bit of energy they have and they would forage. And they figured out that a lot of these fruits, especially citrus fruits, were extremely dense in vitamin C. And there are stories uh, from, from diaries of travelers of getting to these ports and these big meals coming onto these, onto these boats and walking right past them and going, having no idea why but going and buying a bag of oranges and consuming a bag of oranges. Well, this is because throughout 
our life, our body is constantly keeping score of what nutrients we get from specific foods. And then when we become deficient in those nutrients, it then tells us to search out these foods. There is a there was an epidemic of slaves throughout the the early slave times in the United States of eating dirt to the point that they would start to put muzzles and masks and stuff on these slaves so they couldn't go eat dirt. Well, this isn't something that just happened there. This is known amongst tribes um, throughout some of the smaller, smaller countries. When women get pregnant, they become iron deficient and they would eat iron rich dirt. Well, these slaves were iron deficient. That's why they were trying to eat dirt. Now we see this with, we see this with livestock all the time. Livestock eats dirt. They eat grass. They'll eat wood. They'll eat tree bark. They eat all this random stuff. You're like, why are they eating that? Well, they're eating that because they're, they're deficient in specific vitamins. Well, up until, you know, 40s, 50s, livestock was pretty much always pastured. Now, when you take livestock, like let's take pigs for an example. When you take pigs that are living in these fields, they root around, they dig holes, they do pig stuff. They rip apart um, vegetation, they tear through fences, they get out, they end up in you know the neighbor lady's garden, and it's just a pain. If you ever want to plant anything, you're basically going to have to retail the entire field, tear the field up, level it out before you can ever plant anything in it. So farmers decided they wanted to start raising pigs in lot, what we call lots or pat or, um, pens. Well, we know that if we fed these pigs, soybeans and corn, which are basically just super dense carbohydrates that they could put on a lot of weight. Well, that only happened for a short period of time. They would put on, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds, but then they would get diarrhea. They would get sick. They would not eat and they would lose all the weight that they've gained. Well, the reason this was is because the calories that they were eating were empty cal- empty carbohydrates. It was corn. It was soy. It was just empty. Well, we decided to try to do the same exact thing that we did with wheat with the pellagra epidemic that we talked about. And they started putting vitamins into these carbohydrates. Now, we're going to learn basically a little bit later, but B vitamins are essential for the way that metabolism works with getting the energy from carbohydrates. So the energy in carbohydrates is glucose. Um, To get that glucose and process that glucose, B vitamins are imperative. So I'm assuming that at some point they had a rudimentary knowledge of the vitamins that were imperative in processing the carbohydrates. So they slowly started with B vitamins and they added one B vitamin. It went from not gaining any weight to the pigs gaining 22 pounds. And then they added another B vitamin and they gained more weight and they added another B vitamin. And by enriching the corn and the soy with four or five different B vitamins, they went from pigs gaining, you know, 10 to 12 pounds in six weeks to gaining up to 50 pounds 
in six weeks. When you talk about livestock, you talk about something called a food efficiency score. It's basically the weight of the food you put in compared to the weight that the animal puts on. And the food efficiency score, when these animals were just eating corn and soybeans, was about 5.4. So it, it took about five and a half pounds of food for these animals to put on a pound of meat and fat. Um, after adding all these B vitamins, that food efficiency score went all the way down to 2.9. So you almost cut the amount of food that you have to feed these animals in half. Now, think about that. Don't think about that from the livestock point of view. All right. So in livestock, you're going to put five and a half pounds of food into these pigs, or you're going to put three pounds of food into these pigs to gain the same pound of weight, right? Now think about that in humans. It's taking half as much food when fortified with vitamins to gain the same amount of weight. Think about that again. Half as much food, you are having to eat half the amount of food, half the calories, half the meals, half the size, half the portions to gain the same pound of weight as if you were eating non-vitamin fortified foods. Okay? So when we think about that in the livestock point of view, it's like, oh, that's that's genius. That's 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 great. We want that. But when we think about that in humans, this is literally the problem we're trying to solve. We're trying to solve an obesity epidemic. We're, we're trying to solve why in the United States we seem to have such a problem with being overweight. Well, we fortify a ton of our food, all of all wheat products and some other processed carbohydrates get fortified with B vitamins. Now think about that. We're not only putting artificial fats and artificial sweeteners in our food. We're also putting B vitamins in our food. So we are telling our body that the nutrients don't match. Our body is wanting to store more fat. It's wanting to make us eat more. And then we're also adding fortified vitamins into our wheat so anything with it, anything that is made from white wheat flour has fortified vitamins. But we're not only doing that, we're also taking a B vitamin. You know, we're taking a multivitamin. I messaged one guy this morning. I was like, what are you taking for vitamins? Because I started thinking about this. And he told me one of the things was a thorn B complex. Well, he's taking B vitamins. Um, a lot of us drink energy drinks. And here's some weird stats on energy drinks. Energy drinks have an astonishing amount of some B vitamins. Five-hour energy contains 8,000% of the recommended dietary allowance of B12 and 2,000% of the recommended daily dietary allowance for B6. Red Bull has 360 the RDA for B6 and 120 of the RDA for B12. And this goes across the board. Monster, Bang, all these... All these energy drinks that people are drinking every day, along with a lot of pre-workouts, a lot of daily multivitamins. So if you're drinking an energy drink or a five-hour energy, you are eating processed carbohydrates and you're taking a multivitamin every day, you may be getting 10,000 to 15,000% of some B vitamins. Now, 
we see that those vitamins cause a problem, but how much of a problem do those vitamins actually cause? Well, here's a weird one. The next study they talk about in the book is where they give animals uh, food options versus grazing. And this was done in 1954 at the University of Illinois. And the the study had nothing to do with what we're going to look at it for. The, The study's entire goal was who could raise the biggest pigs the fattest. So there's four groups here. There was group A. There was a vitamin fortified food blended by a by an animal nutritionist they were kept in a dry lot so basically a pen there was b there was they had f- uh, free choice they had a corn supplement a corn in one pile and a supplement in the other pile the supplement had all the proteins and vitamins that they needed but the corn was separate from the supplement these are also in a pen and then they had group c which had a vitamin fortified food but there was also pasture that they could optionally go to. And then there was group D, which was fed a free choice like B. So they had a corn, they had a supplement, and they had a pasture. Group A, the group that ate the vitamin-fortified food, so the vitamins were in the food and that was their only option to eat, ate by far the most food, gained the most weight, and had the thickest rind of that delicious buttery white fat, right? The crazy thing is group D, who was the slowest gainer. So for a pig, that's bad. For a human, that would be ideal, the the, the hardest to gain weight. Group D had the free choice. They had the corn and they had the vitamin supplement and then they had alfalfa pasture. They ate corn, skipped past the supplement, And went and grazed on the alfalfa to get all of the nutrients that they needed to get. They barely touched the supplement. So their brains were telling them that this alfalfa is the place to get the vitamins to match the calories that we're getting in the corn. And they could optionally do each at the same time. Now extrapolate that into if you were a human being. What does that mean? That means that your carbohydrate sources, if they are not enriched or fortified with vitamins are going to be a calorie source, but your brain is likely going to draw you towards vitamin sources to get all the vitamins to match the empty calories. And this is what we see in like a lot of the Italian towns they talked about in the first half of the book is yes, they eat fatty foods. They eat carbohydrates. They eat pasta like it's going out of style. But they also eat all this other stuff, the vitamins, the tripe, which is cow stomach, the all these other delicacies that they would be considered there is commonplace, and that's where they get the nutrients from. So uh, a guy by the name of and I think it was a I think it was a gentleman by the name of Anderson as a Canadian health scientist, he, he saw that this was happening with livestock. He saw that vitamin-fortifying foods was causing livestock to gain a ton more weight. And he wanted to test different vitamins to see what if any of them had a a much stronger um, cause on the gaining of weight. So 
he took pregnant rats. He fed them a 10 time dose, 10 X dose of B vitamins while they were pregnant. And then he had the control group, which is normal rats that just ate the normal rat diet. The 10 time group not only gained more weight and were less likely to lose it after birth, but their babies who never received the 10X B vitamins were more likely to be fat. Now take that rat study, and if that is the same case in humans, what is the first thing that we tell a pregnant mother? We tell a pregnant mother, you need to take your prenatal vitamins. You need to, you need to mega dose on all of these vitamins so that your baby is super healthy. And moms are like, yes, of course, I will take these vitamins because I want my baby to be healthy. And now look at Honey Boo Boo and how she can't lose any weight because she came out of mom and now her digestive system's all messed up. Now, why is it the B vitamins? Well, B vitamins specifically play a central role in getting the energy out of carbohydrate-rich foods. Thiamine, which is one B vitamin, um, releases the energy from carbohydrates. Riboflavin, which is another B vitamin, is involved in the release of energy in the electron transport chain. Niacin, which is one of the B vitamins that you see in energy drinks a lot, plays an important role in energy transfer reactions in the metabolism of glucose, fat, and alcohol. All of these things are imperative when it comes to the energy in carbohydrates. Now, the book does not get into the actual mechanism of of action of why adding B vitamins make us, even the pigs, why it makes them eat more. But it seems like there's some sort of synergistic effect with having the vitamins in the food makes it so that your body's able to get more energy out of those carbohydrates, almost like too much energy out of those carbohydrates versus if you're eating an empty carbohydrate source and then getting the vitamins separately to the point that it is telling your body to store some of that extra energy and keep consuming more. So now we've got a vitamin issue. We've got a artificial sweetener issue and we've got an artificial fat issue. And all of these things come back to kind of the same thing that if you were to able to draw yourself back and you were looking at how we were feeding livestock to get them as big as possible, as fat as possible, as fast as possible, we're doing the same thing, but to ourselves with the modern American diet. Think about that. The pigs that ate the nutrient enriched carbohydrate sources gained by far the most weight. And we are eating nutrient enriched carbohydrate sources. 
So now you're at this point, you're like, all right, well, you just told me all this shit. Now what the hell do I do? I know I've talked to a few guys that are listeners and we're going to try to formulate our food moving forward with trying to keep some of these things in mind. And what does that mean? What does that mean keeping some of these things in mind? That means that if you can reduce the amount of artificial sweeteners you are consuming, then you're going to reduce the amount of artificial sweeteners you're consuming. So I know for me, um, my my pre-workout has artificial sweetener in it. Um, My protein shake that I drink during the day has artificial sweetener in it. My electrolyte drink that I drink to replenish the electrolytes in my body has artificial sweetener in it. And some of the, you know, quote unquote healthy snacks that I like to have have artificial sweetener in them. So I'm going to get rid of as many of those as possible. If you guys drink like crystal light, if you drink diet soda, if you drink energy drinks, fuck man, ditch the energy drinks. And I know I'm a caffeine head. Uh, There were days where I would drink two in one day, but they are not doing your body. They're not doing your body any good. So I'm going to cut those out. Artificial fat sources are pretty much all, um, pretty much all processed snack food. So if you are eating, um, healthy versions of potato chips, you're eating crackers, cookies, cakes, um, basically the majority of the processed food is going to have likely, um, some food additives that are going to exacerbate these issues. So if you can try to cut down on the processed food that you're consuming as much as possible. So with, with those two things, we're going to cut down on artificial sweeteners, try to get as many of them out of our diet as we can as, as possible. If, if you are one of those people that just cannot drink just plain water and you need to have like a flavored beverage during the day, Try experimenting with different types of actual sugar flavored beverages, right? Like maybe try the old Kool-Aid, but maybe you can do the old Kool-Aid, but use half as much sugar as you, as you used to. It's going to be better for you in the long run from what these studies say. It's going to be better for your waistline than the actual artificial sweetened stuff, the crystal lights and, and, and whatnot. Um, we're going to cut out the processed foods and then... The vitamins. Well, I don't eat a lot of enriched wheat flour because I just don't eat a lot of white wheat flour. Not a big, um, not a big white pasta eater. Not a big white bread eater. I will eat it once in a while, but moving forward, I'm going to try to cut back even more. But what's in your daily vitamin? I know a lot of daily vitamins have two, three hundred percent of some B vitamins. Are you drinking energy drinks? Right. We just talked about the artificial sweeteners in the energy drinks. How many? Hundreds or thousands of percents of B vitamins are you getting in your energy drinks? But shit, some of my protein shakes I was drinking for a while were fortified with vitamins. It's just a it, it's a constant barrage of nutritive mismatch. So that's what we can eat. What the hell are we gonna eat? Well, we're gonna try to go back to, for the lack of a better word more of a paleo approach to food, which this means real foods. And I'm still going to eat dairy. 
you know, paleo, real paleo doesn't have dairy. I'm still going to eat dairy. It's just not going to be artificially sweetened and it's going to be normal dairy. It's not going to be low fat dairy. It's just going to be regular dairy. I'm going to eat beans and lentils. Beans and lentils are an amazing nutrition source. They're a great carbohydrate source. They're, they're what Tim Ferriss calls a slow carb because the, the sugars in the beans are so wrapped up in the fibers that you have to actually slowly process and digest those fibers to get to those sugars. I'm going to eat white potatoes. I'm going to eat sweet potatoes. I'm going to eat green leafy vegetables, carnivorous vegetables, right? Broccoli. I'm going to eat fruit. I love fruit. And I'm going to try for, I'm going to, I'm going to experiment for a while where I just eat as much of all of this stuff as I want, but I'm not eating the fortified foods, the processed foods, and I'm not taking all the extra vitamins in. And I'm just going to see what happens with my body. And I'm going to eat as much meat as I want. I'm going to eat eggs. Um, I'm going to try to find a whey protein, either a raw whey protein source or a naturally sweetened whey protein source that's like real pure cane sugar. Or I will do just a raw um, whey protein powder and put it in with a, with a fruit juice or a milk or something. Um, and we're going to look at trying to get as much of the processed foods. This includes quest bars, right? Like we all, if, if you've been in the, the fitness game for a while, you know, the, you know, the quest bars, you know, the protein potato chips, you know, the protein puff Cheetos, you know, the high protein, you know, sweet little Debbie snacks, all this shit is, is leaving. It's going. I'm to the point where I'm going to have to try to figure out a pre-workout that doesn't have a boatload of B vitamins. This is going to be work, but if it makes my body healthier and it makes my body react to food better, then I'm going to do it. The weird part is, is I think that to keep the nutrition balanced and getting the nutrients that my body needs, I think that we're going to have to start experimenting with like a little bit more oddball stuff. You know, the organ meats, um, the, the weird processes of vegetables, the weird processing of meat. Um, I already eat a ton of venison, but if we are able to cut out the artificially sweetened stuff, cut out the processed snack foods, cut out the overload of vitamins and cut out the vitamin fortified food. I mean, I think that our bodies are going to react in a very, very positive way. And man, if you do it for two months and you don't see a difference, then hell, you don't see a difference. But if you do it for two or three months and all of a sudden you're like, wow, like I'm not, I'm eating whatever I want when, not whatever I want, right? I'm eating as much as I want when I'm hungry. I'm not hungry after I eat. My body is shedding fat or staying at this really healthy weight. How do I feel in the gym? How do I lift feel? All this stuff. And if we're able to do that for a few months, it should be able to easily transition into, into a lifestyle. And 
this lifestyle is going to be much more similar to a paleolithic lifestyle, much more similar to a natural lifestyle, but we're still going to want to get our, you know, one pound of protein per, sorry, one pound, one gram of protein per pound, lean pound of body weight. So if you are, you know, if you're a fairly muscular 200 pound dude, you should be getting, you know, 180 to 200 pounds, 180 to 200 grams of protein. And with doing that, we should be able to get ourselves on a one-way trip to Shred City. I hope that that was enough information for you guys. I just, I, I wanted to get that second half out there quick. I wanted to wrap up the conversation. I know I left it very, very open-ended at the end of the last conversation because I didn't necessarily know what to tell you guys. I had a few people reach out and they're like, so what do I do? What do I stop having? What should I have? And I wasn't able to get that in the last episode because I had not had enough time to think about it. I had enough had not had enough time to process it. But truly getting that shit out of our diet and putting a lot more of the old school natural foods, like don't be afraid to cook with some lard. Don't be afraid to cook with coconut oil. You know, don't be afraid to use these natural foods and see how your body reacts. If we try this and you're a pudgy little fat fuck when we get done, you know, in two months, you haven't done that much damage to your body in two months. But I hope that was enough info for you guys. It was a short one this week. It's it's holidays are coming up. Got a great episode next week with intimacy coach and tantric sex expert Magda K from Warsaw, Poland. And then after that, we will probably have a year wrap. So Hope you guys have an awesome holiday week or pre-holiday week, and we'll see you next week. Peace.